Welcome to the Artist Pivot Podcast. My name is Ayana Major Bay, and I am an actress, voiceover artist, mentor, and your host. This show is a bi-weekly conversation highlighting pivots and life lessons from the perspective of artists, those who work in and around the arts, and arts educators. For those listening who don't consider themselves artists, you can pivot too. Everyone possesses the ability to do so. You just have to be reminded sometimes. All of our life lessons have taught us to be better pivoters, and it is my goal to share these life lessons to guide and inspire others. Here is this week's episode. All right, y'all. So I'm so excited that today joining me is Mr. Leo Christopher Sheridan, who, by the way, happens to be an actor, creator, activist, and healthcare professional. Hey, Leo! Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. It's so good to be here. Hi, Anna! (laughs) Yes. Oh, y'all don't understand. I love Leo so much. And just to see his smile on the screen right now, like, I'm just happy. I'm so happy. (laughs) Welcome, my friend. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I'm just like so enamored with everything that you're doing with this podcast. It's just been super amazing. And I'm so glad to be a part of it. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. And you're welcome. You're welcome. So let's let's dive into a lot of things. Actually, actually, before I do that, before I do that. So I sometimes do this and sometimes don't, to be honest, like if I remember to do it. <laughs> so I just remembered. So I'm going to do it with you. Okay. Um, if I were to if I um, texted you right now to ask you how you were doing, how you were feeling, how's your energy, but you could only respond in emojis, what would you text me? Oh my gosh, that's a really good question. It probably right now in this moment today would be the smiling emoji, but that has that bead of sweat (laughs) coming down the top. Because I am good, I am pushing through, but there is a lot going on. (laughs) <laughs> but I am good. I am definitely good. Um, but it is it is a lot of work out here. It's a lot of work. So that's definitely what I would what I would send your way. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for that imaginary text. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so we're just gonna dive right in into your pivots and life lessons. And y'all, Leo has had a lot of them. And. You know, I met Leo on the audition circuit many moons ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're not going to disclose our ages right now. (laughs) We won't talk about it. We won't talk about about that. (laughs) But many (laughs) moons ago, we met. And so, Leo, take me back to basically how your career as uh, an actor started and how Mm -hmm. you got to where you are now. So... As long as I can remember, I've been on stage. I went to, you know, performing arts high school. I studied musical theater, um, you know, in college um, and was just super fortunate right out of college to get um, a really big national tour. Um, And that was um, the Joseph National Tour with Troika. It was a really big deal at the time. Um, It went everywhere. And that really was the springboard for everything that fell in line after. Um, I was able to work and learn from amazing, amazing professionals that had been in the industry for a long time and just really make some awesome connections that kept me working um, in New York um, predominantly um, as an actor for a good chunk of time. It's it's funny because it's, 
and I'm sure a lot of actors say say this, it it blurs together, you know, after a while. And I actually had to remember where you and I initially met Mm -hmm. um, because we did come together in the audition circuit. Yeah. Um, cause it was, it was a little different back then. It was a little different, you know, we had, to, we had to wake up early. We had to line up in the cold, you know, the, uh-huh. the, the kids now it's, you know, it's a little different. Um, but we eventually ended up doing hairspray together. We did. Yes. But we met before that. We met very much before that. Yes. Yes. Um, but it was so interesting kind of full circle how you would meet especially, um, you know, us black and brown kids, because there Mm -hmm. weren't that many of us back then. Mm -hmm. You would meet all these people, have an amazing time auditioning with them, going to grab food with them after that stressful dance call. Mm -hmm. Um, But to be able to actually work in a contract together, yes, that was rare, you know, like... It was rare, but it was such a good feeling. And, you know, that's that's predominantly what I remember us, you know, meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, all that to say, um, I've been in the industry a long time. I don't like to harp on, you know, Broadway shows or tours or regional, because for me, it's all the same. You putting in that work, waking up early, doing those eight shows a week, you know, it is a grind. Um, mm-hmm. So since... I don't want to give too many dates, but honestly, since 2000 and I would say six, you know, up till now, I have been, you know, a blessed and working performing artist. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. But, you know, yeah, it's like you said, a blessed and working performing artist. And mm-hmm. that is something to, you know, hold dearly because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people. What, what do they say? It's like. If you make it over like three, your first three years, yeah, something like that, you're like, yeah, you're you're in it, you're you're working yeah, you're in it, in it. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's funny because it took a long time for me to realize that half the battle is the auditioning, you know, oh, like yes, we're <laughs> some of my strongest relationships came from auditioning, um, and that you know was really what I take away from a lot of, you know, forget the shows. The shows are great. You know, getting paid is great, but I learned so much from you and all the other like black and brown artists that I got to be in the room with, dance alongside, sing alongside. Um, you know, those are really the the memories that I remember. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's that. Yes. Those are the memories. And that's what I miss. Like, I will say that mm-hmm. in this time, I don't necessarily miss the the grind of auditioning, mm-hmm. I miss the community and the mm-hmm. camaraderie of auditioning. Exactly. Exactly. The That's a, such a key word, community, um, especially amongst um, people of color. Because yes. we, you know, we banded together. There weren't but a handful of shows that we really aligned with back then. Yes. Um, you know, and you would see everyone at the color purple calls. You would see yes. everyone at the hair, you know, at the hairspray calls. Yes. Um, shout out to Bob Klein because he would call all of us in. All of us, okay. <laughs> all of us in, you know, for those dance calls. And it was just so much fun being black and being mm-hmm. in those dance rooms, like sweating. Like whether yeah. you got the job or not, like obviously we wanted the job, but it was such a different energy, and I do miss that community. I really do. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. And I agree, that energy, like like you said, you knew, oh, it's a color purple call. I'm going to see everybody. I'm going to see Leo Everyone. today. I'm going to see that person today. I'm going to see everybody today. Right. Oh, what you doing after the dance call? Let's go grab some food. Like, you just right. knew it was going to be a day. <laughs> right. 
And there was, you know what I loved about it too? There was no shadiness, you know? If you needed help with the combination, you know, we were in a corner trying to get it together for you. Yes. You know, if you needed help with, you know, your 16 bars, you know, we were in the corner, hey, no, sing this girl. You sound great when you sing this. Mm -hmm. Um, There really wasn't this shady kind of stereotype that I think showbiz gets a lot of, especially within you know, the brown and black, like, kids auditioning. Like, we really were one unit, you know? And I I appreciated that, and I loved that. Um, I love seeing everyone's faces. It kept you motivated. Um, It kept you inspired. Mm -hmm. And when one of us made it, we all made it, right? Um, And I do, like I said, I miss that. I miss that. That's it. That's exactly it, Leo. Like, when you win, I win. Right. That's how how we rolled. That's how we rolled. Yeah. So I know that, like you said, you've been performing for a while. So what was the, what's the word I want to use? The event or the situation or the reasoning that you were like, yeah, I'm still a performer, but let me step away and do something else. That's a really good question. So a lot of things started to happen in my life that Mm -hmm. I needed to kind of push pause on the dream and really take an adult hold of. Um, I had injuries, you know, that I was neglecting that I really needed to take care of. Um, I injured my shoulder. I had um, a torn rotator cuff for probably two whole contracts. And I was ignoring it. Yeah, I was ignoring it because I wanted to work. You know, I was tumbling across stages and kicking my face in pain, but I wanted to work. Um, But not only that, there was a bit of debt that I wanted to be responsible with and pay down. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a sense of wanting an actual home Mm -hmm. um, and not to be, you know, bouncing around sublet to sublet, you know, sleeping on sofas in between contracts. So those were really kind of like the culmination of events where I was like, you know what, we really need to pivot Mm -hmm. and figure out. Um, a better way to do this because getting into your late 20s and feeling that your foundation isn't as as thick or strong as it should be Mm -hmm. um, was really scary. Um, And I don't know about anyone else like listening, but I also had a mom that I had started to really need to take care of because she was a bit older. Um, I had a family that I needed to become more involved in. And the eight shows a week and me being, you know, in every state and country wasn't, you know, helping with that. So I did. I pressed pause. I took myself back to D.C. permanently. I was still Mm -hmm. auditioning. I still had my agents in New York, so I would come up when I could. But I started doing theater in D.C. specifically, and I picked up a part-time job. um, And I was a visual merchant manager um, for a company called CB2, and I did their windows and their their. It was a furniture store, so I did like their windows and um, their their floors, like making it look like little IKEA like homes. Yeah, and that was fun, and you know they paid me all right. Um, but then, even still, I needed to do more, and so I decided to go back to school. Um, And so I went back to school and got a master's in legal studies with a focus in healthcare because it was something else that I was passionate about. And it felt like I needed to use another part of my brain. Um, Mm. And a lot of people don't know this. Most people that went to college kind of know this about me, but I actually was going to go straight into law school after undergrad because I was so nervous about being successful in the arts. 
Um, oh. And so I took, I took the, you know, the LSATs and, you know, did all of that because I thought that was going to be the path for me. Um, but then yeah. I booked that first tour and was like, oh, I guess I am kind of good at this. Um, so <laughs> right. all that got put on hold. But yeah, I went back to school. Um, I actually graduated, um, what, two, two Decembers ago, 2019, 2020, um, and got a job in healthcare. So now I'm a clinical community healthcare professional, and my specialty is um, sexually transmitted diseases. So I work within marginalized communities, um, specifically um, brown and black communities, um, and I do HIV and STI testing. I do outreach. I do linkage to care um, for people that are homeless or um, need rehab, um, things like that. So it feels good to be sinking my teeth into something else that I've been mm-hmm. passionate about, but still auditioning and you know performing on the side. Um, I'm kind of getting the best of both worlds right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that's great. The best of both worlds, things that you're passionate about, you have your hands in both pots, if you will, that are on the fire. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I do want to go back for a second to you being like a visual um, merchandiser. Mm -hmm. Did you find that to be like fulfilling at all like I know that is creative and like you get to decorate because you know I'm I'm a I've sit on HGTV like that's my channel like yes. <laughs> when I turn on the TV it's all automatically on HGTV and I'm like oh what about that Ooh, oh no I wouldn't have picked that color wait a minute right. you could do you know <laughs> so with the visual merchandising did you feel you know as fulfilled as when you were on stage no okay. um that's a hard no um okay. <laughs> It also, I mean, it just wasn't what being on stage was, mm-hmm. but it definitely filled an artistic need at the time while I transitioned to figure some things out. You know, it paid the bills. Fair. I happen to be very good at it, probably because, you know, all artists kind of have this eccentric feeling and style. So people trusted me with their homes and, um, it was it was fun, but I definitely felt like there was another position I needed to kind of move forward into. But even with me being now in like healthcare, um, there is no better feeling than being on stage. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm good at this. I love the work that I do, especially helping out. You know, our people. Mm-hmm. But it's just not the same, you know. And so, because I'm not doing it full time, I definitely miss it. I definitely root for, you know, all my friends and associates and old audition buddies that are still out there, you know, grinding, um, booking, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, it's, it's hard to be away from it in this capacity. Like I said, I'm still auditioning. Um, I've, I've gotten to do a couple of really cool projects um, over the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely miss it. Definitely. Yeah. Understood. Understood. So now with that, you mentioning actually the projects that you've done over the last couple of years. I have mm-hmm. two questions. So the first one is just tell me a little bit about I know you had made some um, like short films and a full length feature film, if I'm correct. Yes, that's correct. So tell me about that first and then I'll get to my next question. No, totally. So while I was visual merchandising away, there was still that need to fill that void for parts that, you know, 
weren't there for people of color, people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, So my first short film, I wrote myself, directed myself, and kind of funded myself. And it was called Maybe Today. And it was an LGBT-focused film. Um, It was a story of a musician um, of color and um, an individual who happens to be deaf. Mm -hmm. And they kind of go on the small journey of figuring out, you know, how will this work? Okay. And it was amazing because I got to cast um, from Gallaudet University. Um, If anyone knows what Gallaudet University is, it's like Mm -hmm. the premier um, university for the deaf and deaf education here in Washington, D.C. They actually have a full, amazing acting program um, and just arts in general. And so I got to really harness some talent from there. Um, I learned so much and it was something we filmed over the course of about two weeks. I funded it myself and it did play a couple of festivals. Um, And I I just learned a lot from the process and it was super fulfilling just to be back on set with actors and actresses and be filling that void of people who aren't represented. Mm -hmm. Um, From that, I got inspired again and I partnered with a really good friend, Donovan Trott. Um, Shout out to Donovan. Um, We wrote a film about the racism that happens within the LGBT dating community, and we called it No Chocolate, No Rice. Mm -hmm. Um, For anyone that doesn't know, on apps like Tinder and Grindr and things like that, when people reference race, um, well, rather races that they don't necessarily want to involve themselves with, they'll say, you know, no chocolate, meaning no Black people, or no Mm -hmm. rice, no Asian people. Um, Or they'll say something like, Um, yes to spice, no rice. So spice being Latins, um, you know, no rice being no Asians. So Mm, very derogatory, um, very inappropriate. And we wanted to pick up on this and, you know, kind of bring it to light. So he wrote the script. um, I kind of assisted. And then I directed. We did a great crowdfunding campaign, Mm -hmm. um, which brought a nice chunk of money our way. And we were able to cast a great diverse group of people and film it in Washington, D.C. over the course of like a month. Um, That was able to play some festivals. And we had some amazing like Q&A sessions where we really got to dive into this topic of um, preference versus racism, you know, in dating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily just happen in the LGBT community, but it happens in the um, the heterosexual community as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, constantly we hear preferences for dating, you know, Black women versus white women versus Asian women, um, all of these uh-huh. things being problematic. Um, yeah. So kind of the activist in me wanted to bring that to light, and that was a great project, and it got a lot of, um, um, a lot of dialogue going, and that was fun, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Thank you for sharing. I just wanted to highlight those because you had ri- written those in your questions, your pre-interview yeah, questions. Yeah, like, of course. I want him to talk about this. <laughs> 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 yes. So my uh, second question was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, you have pivoted a lot and, you know, a lot of it is voluntary because you're like, oh, I want to be around my family or I want mm-hmm. to pay off this debt or I want to build a little bit more of a foundation for myself. Mm-hmm. But within these pivots or even like to say new iterations of yourself, um, what lessons have you learned or are still learning and kind of carrying with you into each, you know, new iteration? Mm -hmm. 
That's a really good question. There, honestly, like the the biggest lesson that I've learned from all of this is um, being prepared is probably the best foundational lesson that I've learned from all of this because um, when you go into kind of these battles blindly, whether it be the arts, whether it be, you know, going back to get a second degree, um, partaking in your own artistic project, like doing the research and being prepared can save you a lot of sorrow and heartbreak um, and really will allow you to put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone who knows me knows I over-prepare. And mm-hmm. still, there were issues that I kind of came across as I pivoted, as I transi- transitioned amongst all these kind of different avenues where yeah. I just, like, I was not ready, right? I was like, yeah, oh uh-huh, my God, uh-huh. like, what is going on? I just really had to be prepared. I'm... I'm a homeowner, you know, I'm in a, um, a longstanding relationship. I'm a, you know, a caregiver for my mom. Uh, you, there are a lot of um, kind of levels to all the things that I've moved into. Mm-hmm. And just honestly reading and being prepared and asking questions and um, not being afraid to have that little bit of failure, but being able to get back up and try again, just being prepared. Yeah, that's probably been the biggest lesson of, you know, out of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is probably just having whatever makes you happy be a constant in your life. So if you are going to pivot, if you are going to change things so that you can be a better person and move in a better manner in this world, still holding on in some facet to that thing that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's continuing vocal lessons or still going to those dance classes or just patronizing the arts. Um, that's important, you know, so that you're still connected. Um, and it might make you feel sad or uneasy because you're not a part of it, you know, 100% of the time. But at least you're still connected and at least you're still giving back to that energy that, you know, really lifted you up for however many years you were involved in it, you know? So holding on to that is really important. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that, Leo, (laughs) giving back to the energy that, like, upheld you and pushed you. Oh, yes, yes. Because I do think that, you know, as performers, and and I... And I'm going to make the assumption that other people feel the same way in their other careers. Like if Mm -hmm. you are no longer a doctor or an engineer or whatever you may be, you're like, oh, wait, I'm no longer a part of that. Like you do kind of feel a little, little sadness or a little like, oh, wait, I want to be back in what I was doing. But fortunately with the arts, we can go patronize the arts. Yes, We can go to a show, even if we're not in a show. You yes. can go and go, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to give all my energy to everybody who's on stage. Or yeah. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to go buy a ticket to this movie because, like, I got to support it. Exactly. And I, I also just feel like there are so many different ways to patronize the arts. It doesn't necessarily mean that you physically have to be in a theater seat. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are seeing that, you know, a local high school needs money, you, yeah. know, you know, to build a set so that they can experience that, You know, give that way. If you are seeing that those old plays on your bookshelf, 
you know, aren't, you're not going to reread those. Do you have any use for them? Maybe donate them to your local library, you know, yeah. or a shelter. You know, yeah. there, there are so many ways that we can patronize the arts and it doesn't necessarily always have to be in a seat. It doesn't always have to be, you know, monetary, mm-hmm. um, you know, v- vouch for the arts. You know, if your neighborhood is planning to cut them from said school or close down said community theater or whatever the case may be, like, Use your privilege if you have it to vouch for those arts. Um, yeah. That's that's really important. And I don't think a lot of people view all the facets of the arts. They think, you know, ticket, seat, done. I've done my duty. Um, but no, there, there's so much more we can do. You can write letters to your local theaters. Hey, I saw that you did these productions. Thank you for bringing the arts, you know, to our community. But what I'd really like to see... Ah. is these productions here so that we can involve more brown or black or actor disabled, you know, people in the community. Um, There's just so much that we can do to continue to uplift, you know, not only this current artistic generation, but like those to come. Um, And it doesn't always necessarily mean buying a ticket and being in a seat. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. You hit that right on the head. Yes. <laughs> and actually, you made me you made me feel shame. I was like, oh, I probably should donate my plays that are on my bookshelf because I am not going <laughs> to reread those. <laughs> I was like, oh, Leo mean, just got me. Ooh, let me go donate. those. <laughs> I mean, it's one, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's there. There are so many just ways to do it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important to just keep it going. I know I would not be here and be the artist that I am today if it weren't for somebody else coming through, you know, to my performing arts high school, um, you know, to my elementary school, whatever have you, and donating or uplifting, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's super important. I really mm-hmm. do. Absolutely. I agree with you. I do agree with you. And on that note, you know, what advice what mm-hmm. nugget of wisdom would you have to give to others, whether they're in the arts or not, you know, because everybody can pivot and everybody can change and everybody can have a new iteration, you know, depending on what's best for them in the moment, mm-hmm. you know? So what would be your your nugget of wisdom? My nugget of wisdom? I have so many nuggets of wisdom from give, everything Give that me I've all used. of it. Give me <laughs> all of them. <laughs> My first nugget of wisdom is always to let the kids be kids and let the kids be in the arts because for me that's super important so if you are a parent and you have kids or you see a parent that has kids and those kids look maybe a little lost let those kids be in the arts let the boys take ballet let the girls you know take karate you know any type of thing that gets them out and involved in the arts let them do it and let them tell you that they don't want to do it. Don't dictate, mm-hmm. you know, what you see for them. Let them be their own artist, mm-hmm. you know. Um, to those in the arts that are still pushing through and, you know, waiting for their big break, create and don't wait, you know, really create your own, especially for all of us who are underrepresented. You know, we've come a really long way but mm-hmm. there is still so much that we can be doing. And unfortunately, we're going to have to be at the helm of that cre- creating, you yes. know? Um, we have so many friends now who are creating, um, you know, their own 
their own paths for for us, you know, as, mm-hmm. as people of color in the arts. You know, we have the Doug Lyonses, we have the Robert Hartwells, we, you know, and, you know, shout out to all of them, but there are so many more of us that have these stories that can be told. So create um, as much as you can. It doesn't have to always make it to film. It doesn't always have to make it to stage. Um, even if it's just a reading in your basement with your, you know, your close friends, create. Um, right. And my last bit is probably just going to be, again, just... Patronizing the arts when you can, especially if it's a new show, a black show, a Latin show, you know, a disabled actor show, go see those first, you know, before you would um, patronize another Oklahoma, you know, it's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. we, you know, we've seen that, you know, like, just really, really be at the forefront of change. And, you know, use your platforms as much as you can in your own communities to vouch for those elite, you know, those, those shows that aren't done, um, mm-hmm. really bring them home to, to the suburbs, right? Like really yeah. bring them home to, <laughs> you know, to the communities that really need to see them. I think that's super important. Be controversial. Um, and, you know, just, I don't know, let it all hang out, you know, in those communities, because that's what the arts is about making people uncomfortable. Right. Like, yeah, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Leo. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was beautiful. Of course. Of course. Yes, 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 yes. So before I let you go, mm-hmm. um, I would like to ask you, where can everybody find you? If you would like to, sh- you know, share your social media handles. Yeah. I mean, I'm on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is at Leo Sheridan. Pretty easy. L-E-O-S-H-E-R-I-D-A-N. Um, and then I'm on Facebook, um, Leo Christopher Sheridan. Um, I do a lot of house stuff cause I own a home and it's a lot of fun. And so you can find me doing renovations. Um, I definitely advocate for the, the smaller man and woman, um, to amplify their voices and make them heard. And I definitely show a lot of love to artists that are, you know, pushing through with their own work. So totally follow me, share with me what you have. I would love to come out and support and see it. Um, Yeah. Yes. Great, great. And don't worry, if you didn't get that, I will put all of that in the show notes so you can get in contact with Leo. And then, my friend, before I let you go, I Mm. must say to you that I acknowledge you, I celebrate you, and I uplift you. I love you so much, Ayana. It's been such a pleasure not only being on the show, but seeing how you've pivoted and seeing how you've moved forward in your artistic journey from whence we met till now. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And I can't wait to see where everything goes, you know, in the next five to 10 years. Like, it's always a surprise. And um, it's just been great kind of being on your little corner here. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And thank you for sharing. Of course. Thank you for having me. Please feel free to visit this episode's show notes for links to get in touch with my guest, as well as a link to rate and review my podcast on Podchaser. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is scroll down to the rate and review section. You can find and connect with me on Instagram at The Artist Pivot to see audiograms, fun facts, and posts featuring my guests. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already to get notified when a new episode is out. And please share this episode with at least one friend. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll speak to you soon.